Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 261. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and I don't want to be here. I want to sit in the closet, put on a paper bag, and not pretend I'm not a Lions fan. This team this year, oh my good Lord. Actually, it's not just the Lions. I don't think there's any team out there right now that is performing. We were just having a talk off air about that with Mark. And he brought it up. There is not one team out there that is winning convincingly. Not even Calgary. They're barely scraping through their games. Yes, I know. Everybody's like, oh, Calgary, a win is a win is a win. Bullshit. Man, you got to play hard and play fast. And no team this year is actually doing that. And is our sport suffering or what? I don't know. It's just, and oh, the fans. We got Ryder fans that think they're, Shit doesn't stink. We got BC Lion fans who are, are are sensitive about being called a bandwagon jumper. I mean, I, I'm just sick of it all, man. There is just too much left-wing, liberal, democratic, whiny bitches out there. I mean, grow a pair. This is football. It's a man's sport. If you can't man up and play football, then you shouldn't be doing this. And if you want to be a fan, then be a football fan. I, Jesus, man. I, I'm sorry your feelings get hurt, but I don't care. Jesus. I don't know, man. It's just like, come on. My team sucks. I'm not proud to admit it. Does it mean I'm going to stop being a fan? No. My Twitter handle is Lions fan for life. And it's that way for a reason. I'm a Lions fan until I die. That doesn't mean that I can't bark at my team because they're being idiots. I, what the hell's going on with this team? They, they, they're supposed to have promise, and now they're at the bottom of the league. I, shit, Montreal, I don't know. Are we tied with Montreal, or are they better than us? Or I don't know. I think Mont- oh, Montreal's got 61 points. BC's got 63. That's points scored in three games. That's ridiculous. No, sorry, Montreal, that was four games. Okay, so BC's doing a little better than Montreal. Not much. It's disgusting. Come on, guys. You're professionals. Act like it. And I'm not talking about just BC Lions. Saskatchewan's no bloody better. Winnipeg's been eh. Edmonton? Edmonton's not playing like Edmonton. And Calgary's barely pushing wins. Hamilton's the only one that seems to be doing something decent out there. And they still lost two games. And once to the Riders of all teams. Come on, really? I don't know. I don't know. Toronto finally got a victory. This is a weird season, okay? And, yeah, I could rant all day about it, but you know what? I'm tired of that already. I'm just going to open up the phone boards and bring in my fans. I mean, my friends. <laughs> William, how you doing? I'm good. And you know what? It is a weird season, so I'm going to put this out to you. Anybody, with maybe the exception of Montreal, anybody – can still win the Grey Cup. Oh, yeah. I know. Okay. 
that's that's the most pathetic thing, okay? And and I'll just you know you talk about Calgary just winning, just winning. I, I I'll be honest with you. I've watched all three of their games, and the blowout one doesn't count. But the other two games that were close, I never ever 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 had a doubt in my mind that they weren't going to win. Oh. I, and, I, that, I and that's what you learn, and that's what you learn from watching these guys for the last umpteen years. Is is I don't get it sometimes because they just hang out, hang out, hang out, and then it's like, oh yeah, maybe we should win the game now, and it drives yeah. me insane. Because in Willie's world, Willie's perfect world, Calgary would beat everybody sixty-five nothing. Okay, and but, sometimes you've called that. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> So, I don't know, but it's it's been a weird season so far. It yeah. really has, all the way around, all the way around. It's it's so, not the but, norm. I'm not happy about it. I mean, because did anybody? Well, no. I mean, in well, even the West is weird this year, because we thought the West was going to be so close, and all these teams are losing. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I seriously I we, would have thought that the the West would have dominated the East this year, and they're simply yep. not doing that. I mean, yep. Hamilton should be zero and five after week six or something, and they're not going to be. No, nope. you know, because I mean the the West should have just rolled over top of them, and they're not going to, and they haven't been. But if we've know. learned anything. If we weren't learned any from this weekend, we realized that if Jeremiah Mazzoli is off, Hamilton is not going to win. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah, so. it is. It is. And that it, it it's kind of like the riders with Darian Durant, right? Yeah. When they didn't have Darian Durant. And it wasn't because he's an awesome quarterback. It was because the team played their heart out for him. And the other thing we learned this this weekend is, do you think, do you think Adam Big Hill was trying to prove to a certain organization how good he really is? Yeah. He was he was fantastic this weekend. I, nobody nobody in the BC organization ever doubted the talent and and the heart of Adam Big Hill, ever. Okay, the thing was. Did they could they afford him in the position as to what he wanted? And the the answer was no. And uh, me personally, I I would have done anything to put bring him back. You, you had to bring him back. He's he was the heart of the team. I mean, he was yep. what this team stands for. And you can't you 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 had to find a way. You had to find a way to bring him back. And and Ed Hervey didn't see that. Ed Hervey didn't know this. I, I don't know what it is. I, you know, from the day that he came on board, I said, he's going to wreck my team. And all I heard was, oh, no, he's wonderful. He's great. He's, he's everything. Oh, it, well, that was Rhonda. But, you know, I, I sat back and I said, okay, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the benefit I can't give him the benefit of the doubt anymore. I, I, I don't like him. I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's going on with my team. And 
I don't know. And I, I'm not jumping off my bandwagon. I'm not saying anything bad about them. I'm just saying that they're, they're stressing my, my, my abilities to smile. And sorry, once again, they could win the whole thing. And they could win the whole thing. But, you know, Dante Marsh came on our group, the Let's Talk CFL group today. And uh, we all, most of us know and respect Dante Marsh, at least the BC Lions fans do. Um, Somebody said that, you know, BC went one and five and then came back and won the Grey Cup. And he said, that's not this team. This team doesn't have that heart. And when BC was one and five, it was like the Edmonton four and fourteen team. It was the best four and fourteen team in the CFL ever that Edmonton was at. BC was losing games by two and three points, but they lost five of them. Right? They looked like shit. They needed one or two key pieces. This team that we have right now does not need one or two pieces. It needs a hell of a lot more than that. It almost needs an enema. Okay. Uh, let's bring in the other guys because I'm sure we're going to talk about the BC Lions later on. Charles, how you doing, buddy? Welcome to the show. Yeah, I'm trying to forget last night, but other than that, I'm okay. I, I actually got up and went out and washed my truck. I don't wash my truck. Do you know why I don't wash my truck? It's a truck, okay? You don't wash trucks. And I went out and washed my truck. Mm-hmm. That's I had nothing else to do and I couldn't sit there and watch it. It was so painful. I was out. I was out with my wife. Uh, she wanted to go sh- do some shopping and stuff like that. We were down across the border, and I was actually watching the game on my phone. And late in the second quarter, I shut it off. I'm like, this isn't worth watching anymore. And it wasn't. No, not with your it data. Was, it was, ugh. <laughs> No, I was on Wi-Fi. I'm, <laughs> oh, okay. God. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. But you know what? Next week is a new week, and who, with the way this season has gone, maybe the Lions will blow out the Bombers next week. I mean, the way this season has gone, nothing's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Well, it's next crazy. week's game will be. Uh, next week's game will. Does BC have any pushback? Do they have any heart? Let's that, face that's, it. That's, yeah. Is there pride in the pride? Yep. Right? That's what it's going to be. Yep. Does this Lion team have any pride? If they just roll over and die like they did last night next week, then uh, it's going to be a long, long year. Yeah, I'm not prepared to give them an excuse about the weather or the temperature or the humidity or or whatever else. Both teams had to play with it. They were dragging their ass in the opening kickoff. Yep. I'm not giving them an excuse on this one. And you know what? I have defended. Yeah, never mind. We're going to go into that later. Let's let's yep. bring Mark in here because I. He probably liked last night's game. This, this I'm is guessing Mark, so. Mark is actually a friend. And do and you know why he's a friend? Because he hasn't brought up shit about that game last night to us. Not okay? yet. Yep. No, he he hasn't, and I don't think he's going to. There's no no knives coming in the ribs tonight. I I know that, okay, only because I just gave him a really strong warning. Uh, <laughs> Mark, how you doing, buddy? I am doing great. The voice and throat are a little sore, and I've had my fill of water 
for a while and surprised I didn't swim home. I think between my wife and I, we went through at least six to eight liters of water throughout the game. We sit on the east side, so we had the sun in our faces from the moment we sat down until the sun went down, which was halfway through the third quarter, like a little after 9 o'clock. It was just, oh, my God. Um, Surprisingly, the crowd wasn't too insane. We thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was. Maybe it's good it's in that candy heat and there was only 26,000 people. But no, it was fun. And you'll be surprised with what I have to say come my part of when we talk about that game. I don't know. Oh, you will be. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get to it then. Let's talk some football because that's what we do. Let's talk CFL. Hey, we got a hundred and no, I don't know. I can't even count anymore. So let's not do this. Uh, first game up was a Hamilton Saskatchewan game, man. These are reviews, not previews. Just thought I'd share that with you, Charles. Um, hmm? Oh, I forgot to change that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Travis has a wine. It that kind of like a Yaris car. <laughs> I blame the auto spell. Uh, of course you will. Um, Hamilton, Saskatchewan. Okay, everybody, raise your hand if you thought Saskatchewan was going to win this game. I don't see any hands. I don't see any hands. What the hell happened here? Jeremiah Mazzoli shit the bed, and the team didn't win. Well, he's not the only quarterback to shit the bed this weekend. So, um, Wow. William, did you see the game? I know you had the wife in the hospital with a knee replacement nope, surgery, nope, and we're all that glad was, that she's, that was, she's doing well. That was, that was Friday. I watched the game on Thursday. Um, uh, regretfully so, because I don't know how anybody, any team wins by rotating their quarterbacks like they rotate defensive linemen, Okay. I understand with defensive linemen, they get tired, okay? you got to rotate them, keep them fresh. But quarterbacks? Really? Chris Jones. I mean, every 10 seconds he's shuffling in different quarterback, and it just it made me, it made me dizzy. Um, well, I wasn't impressed by Saskatchewan. Jeremiah Mazzoli, he just seemed a little bit off. And I think Saskatchewan had his number, and uh, there's not much more you can say about that. I mean, I hate, I just, I just hate when the Riders win. I'm, I'm being honest here. I don't care if it's live on radio. I'm being honest. I hate when the Riders win, and so I hated that game. I found it really boring because there was people that were celebrating it like it was the Grey Cup. Okay, sorry. Not the great cup, guys. You won, you won a game, okay? And I don't think Deron Carter got beat. So I guess he's probably going to be the greatest defensive back in CFL history. So as you can tell, I'm being really sarcastic about this game. You know, Saskatchewan played good enough to win. And what else can I say? Go ahead. Okay. Charles. Yeah, uh, 
this game was a, a dog. It was just a terrible football game to watch. It wasn't entertaining. It wasn't even really a defensive battle. It's pretty much just that both offenses sucked. Uh, they were missing passes. You didn't know who was going to play quarterback because Chris Jones was just bringing guys in and out at will. Uh, there was, I believe, one touchdown scored in the entire game, and that was late by um, by Saskatchewan. There was that late run by, uh, shoot, what's the running back's name? Whatever. Uh, the Big guy ten. in the green. Yeah, Big Pin. Whatever. Uh, it was just a bad game right from the beginning, and it didn't get any better, and... Well, I mean, Saskatchewan surprised me, to be very honest. I mean, after the way they had just completely no-showed last week and the way Hamilton seemed to be trending upward, I thought it was a a done deal that Hamilton was going to win. Um, I think a lot of people did. But the weird part of it is is that Jeremiah Mazzoli had over 300 yards passing. But it was basically all between the 20s because he couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Um, So, um, I don't know. It was just a weird game all around. And good, I guess, on the riders of winning it. But if I'm their fans, I'm not getting overly excited because they still played pretty crappy. They just happened to play a team that played as crappy as they did. So it wasn't exactly any impressive feat. But call it what it is, they got to win. Nobody thought they would. So the fans got to go home happy for once from Saskatchewan. But uh, even with the win, that did not instill me in any sort of confidence that this is going to become a regular occurrence. Yeah. And that's all I got to say. No, you know, it, 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 Hamilton looks like they had a hiccup and, and Saskatchewan benefited from it. Don't expect that to happen any again. I mean, unless mm-hmm. I mean, e- even Montreal beat the Saskatchewan, didn't they? Yes. Okay. So you know, I I would not be putting a lot of stock in a, in a victory over a team that 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 had a hiccup. Mm-hmm. Agree with you, Mark. What's going on? Yeah, it was one of the more bizarre games I've seen in a long time. I have never seen, and I guess it worked, but I have never seen where you, in one drive, changed the quarterbacks three straight times, I think it was. Three straight plays they changed quarterback. I've never seen that. And Bridge may have only completed 11 passes, but he only attempted 13, so he was 80% on the day. Yeah. But, again, Hyra Lahu was 4 or 5 for field goals. His longest was only 39 yards. So Charles is right. It was Masoli was throwing the ball at will. But then when they had to run the ball down, getting to around the 20, 25-yard line, it just stopped. Mm-hmm. It was... And Saskatchewan's defense really didn't give him a ton of time to do extra little things. They shut down the run quite well. Um, really, it came down to Saskatchewan's defense, not the offense. Their, de- their defensive line and the linebackers played really well. But, yeah, that was horribly played football. 
from the offensive side. Um, I know a couple of the Piffles guys were, they're not happy still. So the rider, a lot of rider fans aren't jumping on the bandwagon thing again. Um, they're they're still pissed off. They they still want Carter on the offense, and he didn't get burnt. But I think they only targeted him three times or four times. So it is what it is with that game. I was glad when it ended. Uh, wrong team won, like Will said, but it's an important win for Saskatchewan because it is so tight in the West. Mm-hmm. So well, that's it. Yeah, you know, the the victory here for Saskatchewan did two things. It gave Chris Jones a little bit of breathing room because I mean, the 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 peasants were at the gates. I mean, they they they're calling for his head and he he wins a game and now everything's all hunky-dory again and everybody's happy and their team is the best and oh yeah, 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 right? Like, come on, give your head a shake. And the other thing is, is like you said, Deron Carter didn't get burned really badly. So it looks like that experiment is successful. Or at least justifiable. And that's just bizarre. It it it, it just it is. <laughs> that's the best way to describe this. It is just bizarre. How do you do this? I don't know. Okay. So, this is what we got. We got Hamilton. We got Saskatchewan beating Hamilton 18-13 with one touchdown in that entire game. Charles, Will, Mark, Chris, and CJ all picked Hamilton to win. We have no winner this weekend on this game. You guys okay with that? Just no winner. We have no winner, so nope. nobody won the game. A motion-sensing toilet mood light. This just popped up uh, on my screen. What? <laughs> what site are you on? <laughs> It's called Marketplace, and it's things that people sell. And so it's motion sensing, and then you sit on the toilet there, and the the bowl lights up in in either blue or orange or green, depending on what mood you're in. (laughs) If I'm sitting on the toilet, I'm I'm not going to tell you what color that light's going to be. Okay. Okay, enough of that bullshit. So we have no winner. We move on. Next game was Ottawa and Montreal. This one didn't surprise anybody. No. It wasn't as dominant as what most people had expected. But it was Montreal just didn't show up to play football. Well, they showed up with the manpower that they have. I don't know where what where they found what in in Regina the week before, but it didn't show up this today in Mon- or this weekend in Montreal. 
William, did you get a chance? You, did you PBR it and watch it later? I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tell you guys the whole story real quick. So, as you know, I'm at the hospital all day on Friday. Yeah. And I come home, I get home about 11 o'clock, and I'm really tired, but I'm also so wired, it's not funny. So I can't sleep, so I decide I'm going to come downstairs and watch the football game. And usually on my PVR, I fast-forward through all the stuff, but I really needed something to settle me down, so I thought I'd watch this whole football game from start to finish. So started watching at 11, ended at... 2 o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning, and I should have been in bed, but I didn't go to bed, and I watched the whole game. And it was a, it was a very competitive game. Trevor Harris was quite good. Brad Sinopoli was outstanding. He had, what, 11 carries or something like, or 11 receptions for, was it 100? And, I can't remember that stat. I found it pretty amazing. 11 hey, receptions yeah. for 100, 143 yards. 48. Which is pretty cool. 148. So I go to bed, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm exhausted. And I get woken up at 3.45 in the morning, someone screaming in my bedroom window. What? And And I stand up, and somebody shines the brightest flashlight of my life into my eyes, which literally knocks me down back onto my bed and I get up city of Calgary fire department. They got a, they got an alarm from one of my smoke detectors that went to ADT. And because I was so tired, I didn't answer my phone. So they sent the Calgary fire fire department out and the, I'm about to give this fire guy shit. And he said, I'm sorry. He said, but you were snoring so loud. You didn't hear me yelling at you. I must have been tired. Anyways, that's my Ottawa-Montreal football story. But, no, it was a very good game, very competitive. You know what? Montreal, Montreal, and and on top of that, after, after, because, afterwards, because everybody knew my wife was going into the hospital in my neighborhood, I got five fucking phone calls from people wanting to know if everything was okay. Okay. So that was my wife is away for one day and all hell breaks loose. So, anyways, so uh, please tell so, me your bedroom's on the second story because I want to know how this no, fire department got up there. No, it's not. It's it's. Oh, it, okay. But my window is. My you cannot stand on my patio and look in my bedroom window. It's too tall. You got to be like seven eight or something like that. So, but when I stand up in my bedroom, I can look out the window, okay? And that's what happened. So, and apparently there was EMS outside. There was the city of Calgary police department. There was the fire department, okay? Anyways, so, and then I got phone phone calls from my neighbors wanting to know if everything was okay. And it's like, wow. Anyways, so, you know what? So, I have a question for you. What set off the smoke detector? Um, it was, uh, I, I guess, I guess it was some kind of signal that went on and off. And so they got a signal that it was on and it wasn't okay. on because I would have heard the smoke detector. It wasn't you burning some garlic bread or anything stuff. going to bed, eh? 
No, no. When my wife when my wife is in the hospital and can't cook, I eat pizza. Okay, it's pretty okay. simple. It's my go to. Anyways, because um, I don't cook. In case you guys were wondering, I do not cook. I don't even barbecue. So, um, but That's yeah, probably so, a good you know thing. what? Well, yeah, Montreal, Montreal didn't look bad. I think they're going to be competitive. I really, I, and yes, I'm actually saying that they're going to be competitive. So let's see how the season goes. That is, unless the Wetnalls get big ideas and hire, fire the whole coaching staff after the fifth or sixth game. Because so, I really would like to see the Montreal franchise survive. And the only way they're going to do that is by putting a decent product on the field. So, Well, the Wetnall family has extremely deep pockets, and, and as long as they're flipping the bill, the team will go. I mean, it doesn't matter how many people show up in the stands. I mean, no, that's right? true. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it matters in Edmonton, it matters in Winnipeg, and it matters in Regina that the team is in the black. It doesn't matter in any other – any other city that if they make make or lose money because they're owned by somebody with extremely deep pockets. Yep. Right. And for God's sake, I mean, how did the Cleveland Browns survive as long as they have? Or the Toronto Maple Leafs for that matter. Good question. So yeah, I know you got to you got to support your team no matter what. But at a certain point in time, you you got to say why. And Montreal is 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 a finicky city. You you they they only support a winning product. You talk about bandwagon jumpers, man. Those guys break kneecaps jumping off their bandwagon. They're so fast. Okay. I love your story. Well, it made my evening. Charles, will you? How do I top that? You can't. Don't even no try. Kidding. Don't try. I won't because my Friday night was nowhere near as interesting as Will's. Uh, but uh, anyways, um, Ottawa won this game, but they did not win it as big as I ex- was expecting them to. I mean, uh, I think I had them at fifty, if I'm not mistaken. I think you I gave him a 50-burger, 52 points. I, thought, I think it was 52. Well, they didn't come close to that. I don't think I was but, far off on the Montreal score, but... You you called 17. They got 18. And there you go. There's only one off, so... But uh, the 52 doesn't quite do, do it. But, I mean, it is what it is for Montreal. I mean, this is their... They're a lousy team, and they they snuck a week out a win out last week against the Riders. But in general, they're not going to win many games. Um, they're not going to put up a lot of points. I believe this is a they've only um, put up over twenty points once, and that was the one the game they beat Saskatchewan. So um, they brought in Jeff Matthews. He replaced Drew Willie as a starter. Did a decent job, eighteen to thirty for two hundred and eighty yards and a touchdown. But still, it's not going to. It's not. He's not the answer. He's not a guy you're going to be. Okay, this is the guy that's taking us to the Grey Cup. No, he's a, a he's a number two guy at best. Maybe not even that good. But I mean, he did an admirable job, 
it looks like Montreal may have lost Chris Williams, and uh, he's starting to look accident or injury prone. He's another one of these guys that can't stay healthy. Uh, and Trevor Harris, hey, 342 yards, three touchdown, big game by William Powell, rushing for 138 yards. So they were good. They got what they needed to get done, and they got their win and got out of Montreal. So. Uh, uh, they're a better team. I, we all expected them to win. They did win. Was it as big as I was expecting? No, but you got to also look at it. At one point, they were up 28-8 to eight in the fourth quarter. So some of the points that Montreal got was in garbage time. So there is that. But uh, Ottawa was the better team. They showed it, and um, that was about it. Okay. Yeah, you, you called that one 50 50- Two to seventeen. Yeah, it was a little high. A little high. A little high. Yeah. Mark. I did not see a lot of this game. Um, I saw bits and pieces of it, and then I just saw the highlights from it. But uh, yeah, Montreal does look a little bit more competitive with Matthews as their quarterback. No, he's not a starter, but he he'll be better than what they had. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we don't need to go into who I'm talking about. I've done that enough times. I think he's better than what they had. Uh, losing Chris Williams is huge. They're one real deep threat, and he isn't there now. Uh, but for the game itself, we all expected Ottawa to win. I think it, I think we all took them. Took them. Yeah. Um, Powell went off again. He's quickly becoming one of the best uh, running backs in the CFL, if not close to, say, the top two or three. He's but really if you got no defense, you should, you should run the ball down their throat, though. But Montreal, we've all expected Montreal to have a very good defense. Who, who's the we shit there? Everybody said that, that Who? Montreal was going to have an improved defense before the season started. Not everybody. Okay. Most of us thought that they would be a yeah. lot better than they are. Is that better? <laughs> it's, I'm surprised at how many yards they're giving up. I know they're on the field a lot. I think um, Ottawa had the ball nine minutes longer than Montreal, and that, that's a lot to expect your defense to hold up under that. But okay, okay, hang on, hang well. on. If you want your defense to not be on the field all the time, then they have to stop the other team. Oh, yeah. But the offense has to get a couple of first downs, too. If the defense like said, doesn't want to be on the field, the they have to stop the other team. Yep. You can't blame a tired defense on an offense. Nope. It depends how many times you have the two and outs. The last, not this week's Barmer game, the last week when they lost to Hamilton, we had six straight two and outs. You're not no, helping I your defense. You're not helping your defense. I agree. But if the defense wants to be off the field, then they need to make two and outs as well. Oh, agreed. Yep. So, like I said, I didn't see a lot of the game. Obviously, Ottawa was full marks for the victory. Um, Harris played really well again. But he's still, to me, he's still too up and down. Um, but he had a good game this week, so we'll see you about next week. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so final score was 
excuse me, Ottawa 28, Montreal 18, Charles, you're out by 25, Chris, you're out by 25, CJ, I'm going to win this, I'm only out by 14, no, Will, 11, Mark, 10, yours buddy. Nice. In fact, I, I counted this wrong and gave the victory to Will, and I just going, just a couple minutes ago, I changed it. So, it, yeah, it's actually, it's your win here. Ten points. I'll take it. Yeah. So, we'll just cr- scribble out Will and write Mark down there. Good. Okay. Edmonton, Toronto. Interesting game. Interesting matchup. Did not expect the outcome. Nope. Go ahead, Charles. All right. Well, this was a bit of a weird game because uh, the Argos jumped out early on. In fact, the Edmonton Eskimos played very similar in the first part of that game than they did to um, the week before against the Lions, making bad mistakes, turning the ball over. Uh, only difference is the Argos made them pay for it. They put in back-to-back touchdowns um, right away, missed both converts, but I thought it was a great way uh, for Franklin to come in and get some early confidence. He jumped out to a 12 nothing lead. Then the tide kind of shifted, and you could see the Eskimos chipping away at this one. And all of a sudden, by the end of the third quarter, they were up 13 to nothing, or they were up uh, 14 to 12. So they they were taking a a two-point lead into the fourth quarter, and we're going to talk a little bit about their field conditions there at good old BMO Field, but I'm not going to get into that yet. But they didn't have the big offensive output. If you look at Mike Riley's numbers, they are very similar to those that we were discussing earlier with Jeremiah Mazzoli. He had 370 yards passing in this game, got one touchdown to show for it. And one interception. Actually, pardon me? And, and one, one interception. So it kind of canceled each other out. And uh, that's not good enough. Um and it wasn't on this. Uh, it wasn't on this day. Um, J- J- um, Franklin, James Franklin, was he spectacular? No. Excuse me. In terms of yardage, he was less than Riley, but he had the same touchdown to interception ratio. And the difference in this game was a guy we mentioned a few times before, James Wilder. He finally showed up for his first big performance of this year rushing for 120 yards and a touchdown. And that really was what put the the um, Argos over the top in this one because they were really um, struggling uh, to put up points coming into this game. They finally put up a few points. Uh, he had 120 yards receiving or rushing. He also had another 27 yards through the air. So finally he backed up all that contract hubbub from the offseason. He's got to do it more to actually still justify it. But he was able to um, uh, get that there. And then kudos to the defense of the Toronto Argonauts, who actually did a great job of shutting down or at least limiting the Edmonton offense. Uh, they did, Like I said, Riley did have 370 yards passing, 
but only engineered one touchdown drive. And when you can hold Mike Riley and the Eskimos offense to one touchdown drive, you're doing something right. And they did something right, and they got a win for it. So good on the Edmonton. They were really struggling in their fire, or good on Toronto, rather. They were really struggling, and they're finally in the win column. So good for them. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the glaring stat, you, you mentioned James Wilder in there with but the the stat about he had 21 touches or 21 carries. We had 25 touches overall. I mean that's mm-hmm. huge when you do that with your backfield. Okay, yeah, I mean 21 21 carries. You expect him to get you know 120 yards with that many touches. He should be. He only averaged 5.7 yards, which is 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 good, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Right, it's not great by any stretch of the means. Um, but look at C.J. Gable. He had 14 carries for 39 yards, averaging 2.8. That's mm-hmm. just not good enough. Not, a, not even close. No, that's just not good enough. And, and then they abandoned the run game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke Williams, give him, give him credit. Eight, eight receptions, 125 yards for, for, yeah. for Edmonton. But, you know, they're not putting it in the end zone. Field goal, field goal, field goal doesn't cut it. Mm-hmm. So, and it makes you wonder why they abandoned the run because they had to lead right into the fourth quarter, and you would think they'd be trying to, you know, pound the ball in and just kill some time, but they they weren't getting anywhere with it. I guess it was. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, two and outs don't cut it when you're trying to kill the clock. Nope. Right? That's, it's plain and simple. Okay. Mark, Edmonton, Toronto. I only saw the first half of this because I headed to the tailgate before it was over. But um, I was really impressed with Franklin in the first half, in the first quarter especially, that I saw. And then I don't know if it was Edmonton's defense or he just disappeared for a couple of quarters and had some stuff going on, but, you know, to get no points at all. And for Edmonton really to not hugely capitalize on that was surprising. Um, Riley had his usual game, but for whatever reason, they just couldn't get it in the end zone. Possibly it's the C.J. Gable not running the football, James Wilder running the football. That... It, it kind of showed that Edmonton's defense, like Winnipeg, is their weakest link. You know, we've been focusing on the defensive backs. But obviously their defensive line really didn't show up. You know, for to get that much rushing yards and also with the passing yards, it was a perfect game for Franklin. He only got 217 yards passing. But... I don't know if I would have expected him to get even that much. So it's full marks to me. It's not the most exciting game, but from the highlights that I saw for the second half, especially. But, hey, Toronto finally got off the zero. There is no more Owen or anything like that left. So Or Juan, sorry. No, Owen. Yep. But, yeah, no, I didn't see a lot of the game. So go ahead. Okay, um, I'm looking at the stats here. This Levi Noel, 
two receptions for 81 yards, yeah. average is 40.5. His longest was 50. So that means he, he got a 30-yard reception and a 50-yard reception. I, I, I would be going to this guy more. 25 He's yak like yards. And it shows just how bad Edmonton's defense is right now. It really yeah. does. William. Edmonton, yeah. Toronto. Well, if you guys remember correctly, um, last year I uh, was picking on that certain podcast member that no longer exists about Donnie Duetang. You know who that is, right, Mark? Quattro Boatang. Oh, he yeah. Was injured. Yep. He was injured. And I think that made all the difference to Edmonton's defensive line because not only is their D, are their D-backs not very good, but their defensive line is not very good without him in the lineup. Um, James Wilder has done nothing this year, and he ran all over Edmonton. So even though Mike Riley still had 347 yards or whatever it was, um, they didn't. They weren't able to stop Toronto, and I've always thought Toronto's offense was anemic. James Franklin, he was okay. I mean, maybe we're going to see more from him. He's got a game under his belt. But I'm wondering how well he'll do against the better defenses in the league. And and time will tell on that. But, uh, you know, Edmonton chipped away and chipped away and chipped away, and I thought it was going to be a blowout in the first quarter, and then they chipped away at that. So it was actually it was a pretty good game to watch, I thought. Um, but Toronto won. Who'd have thunk, right? Chris. Oh, did did anybody? Oh, Chris did. Shit. Okay. Okay, that Chris, was just a guess. It was. Chris Chris thought they would win. Okay. Yeah, no, so, hey, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that good. You know what I think? I think... I really think the CFL is lacking in quarterbacks this year, to be honest with you, because as as much as you want to say that Bo Levi Mitchell is not a good quarterback, he's still third overall in passing, and he had the week off. We so had just talked about that. Bizarre. You weren't on yet. We did. You weren't oh, on yet, wasn't well. I? No, okay. we had talked about that. So, um in the pre-show, so yeah, it's a perfect segue. Yeah, yeah it's just uh, he's he's still third. Mike Riley and and, and uh, uh, what's his name, Mazzoli are ahead of him. So interesting, very yeah, interesting. There, there's no standout quarterback this year. There's nobody out there that's absolutely lighting nope. this league on fire. There's there's no team that's lighting this league on fire. And it's just like, wow, what happened? And, I mean, if we're looking for the elite football, it's not in the CFL right now. It doesn't mean it's not going to be next week or the week after or the season is going to be awesome and wonderful and everything else. But at this point in time, this is not the CFL I'm used to. No. No. 
Not at all. I think it goes back no. to what I had said. After Riley, Ray's out now. We don't know if he's coming back. We doubt he's coming back. After Riley, it's now Bo Levi Mitchell. And, okay, maybe Matt Nichols can be below only because of his age, not because of his abilities. I'm not going to go there. That's no, not yeah, argument. We, you, you'd go to, I'm yeah, only that's, saying, that's not an argument. I'm only saying because of his age and the fact that he's only been a starter for this is his third year as a starter. Yeah, After that, it Well, it goes Trevor Jonathan Harris. Jennings. I'm not a Harris fan. I never have been. I know. You're not a Jennings fan either. Yeah, well, we'll go into that. Um, I don't think I, I am. I going to say you've got Harris, then you've got you'll throw Harris there with Nichols, we'll say, right in there. <laughs> then you have James Franklin. You have Brandon Jeremiah Mazzoli. Jeremiah Mazzoli. I'm just going through the names. You've yeah. got Brandon Bridge slash this Watford kid because they're both playing, so you have to put them both in there. Then you have Mazzoli and it, it's just, you know, James Franklin, it's young. These are guys just getting into the their careers. And it's been a long time in the CFL that we ha- haven't seen that. We were stacked at quarterbacks for a long time, and now we're not. They're young kids. How old's Jennings? Oh, 25? 24, yeah. 25, something like that. Within the next two years, I would say Strevler at 25 is going to be the starting quarterback in Winnipeg. It's a young crop of quarterbacks. You know, Jennings is 25, but he's been the starter for two Three years. Three years. Three years. Three years. So, again, he was 22. I know. These are kids. They're kids. And that's where the drop-off is. It's not so much the defenses are that much better. It's the quarterbacks, and there's a lot of guys injured. It's a weird, strange year. Yeah, it is. Okay. Final score, Edmonton Eskimos, no, 17. The Toronto Argonauts, 20. Argos took this one. Chris is the only one that picked Toronto to win. Everybody else pulled Edmonton. Chris, you are victorious on this one. You're not here to gloat. Why would you do that? Huh? Oh, you know, it, it it comes down to these things. That, that I, my, my computer just keeps throwing things up, right? And there's this... Uh, Facebook marketing group called BC and Alberta logging equipment trucks slash miscellaneous buy and sell trade. There's an ad for a brand new Lululemon crop pants. No, thanks. Size four. You'd look spectacular in those things. No, I was thinking about you and your capris, buddy. Okay, enough of this bullshit. I, I, in fact, I would rather talk about Lululemon pants instead of what we're about to do, talk about. 
I figured you were delaying a little bit. I, I think I would even rather like wear a pair. <laughs> okay. So the last game of the week, the doubleheader Saturday night, was the BC Lions heading into Winnipeg to play the Blue Bombers. Highly anticipated, <sighs> best game of the season, uh, best game of the week anyhow. These two teams are, are, have been so evenly matched over the last few years. You never know what's going to happen. Winnipeg is usually the better team, but BC usually pulls off the victory. Pisses off Bomber fans right, left, and center. That's not what happened today. Nope. Last night. I don't know what happened last night. But it wasn't football. I don't know what you can call it, but it's not football. Winnipeg thrashed the BC Lions. It absolutely mollywhopped them. And I I I cannot talk I can't talk about this game. Mark, you're at the game, 40 degrees, high humidity. Was there lightning, thunder, lightning anywhere? I wish there was thunder and lightning somewhere near the stadium because there was maybe 10 minutes of clouds in the sky. Okay. There was no clouds, so I have no we, idea. We lost what the TSN feed for quite a while, eh? You know what? That could have been from just the straight up humidity. Yeah. Well, there was somebody there wise, that said it was, it was about lightning and yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. Temperature wise, it was only like thirty two or thirty three, and I say only because with the humidity, it was forty five at kickoff. <laughs> um, somebody actually made a comment, and I was wondering when we were in the stands, but somebody on Let's Talk today made a comment wanting to know why the Bombers weren't penalized for the uniform rules. Why they weren't? Yeah, why they weren't. Did anybody notice 90% of the Bombers had no socks on? They had bare legs from the knees down, down, and that is actually a uniform infraction. They talked to the league, and they said, with this humidity with the danger that these guys are really putting themselves in at 45 degrees. Uh, they p- said, can we not give them the option of not wearing stuff? And the league agreed. So, but that should have been to both teams. Yeah. It was. It was. Okay. To both teams. It I'll was to both teams. Protest. No, it was to both teams. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was. BC, some of the guys didn't have stuff on, but I was watching some of the guys, and they had long sleeves on. Forty-five degrees, and you have That's long sleeves on? You're I, I do. energy. I do that all the time. Forty-five Celsius? Yeah, I wear my long sleeve shirts all the time. <sighs> Not playing football. That's no, just I'm, too I'm, much. I'm out fencing in the heat. And the reason I do that is because, A, A, mosquitoes, and B, getting scratched by bushes and brush and everything else. So it's it's a protection thing. So, I mean, okay, these guys, these guys are doing it for grass, uh, for rug burns and stuff like that. They they wear the long sleeve as, as a protection. I wouldn't in that heat. I'm not going to fault and the them bombers for that. Had a st- 
the Bombers had a step on BC all game. And it's not that BC in the first quarter played that bad. You know, Nichols came out. He did have a little bit of too much adrenaline and, um, at the start and threw two balls that were almost into the stands. And it was just kind of like, oh, maybe the guys were right and he's going to have a ton of rust. And not that he lit it up. He threw for less than 200 yards. But it was smart play calling. He said it was the first game in his career that he wasn't touched once. Yeah. The O-line kept him 100% clean, which is really, you don't hear of that. There was virtually no pressure on him all game. So he could do first read, second read, check down, look around a little longer, maybe somebody got open. So he um, he's, he stole Mitchell's lawn chair, did he? <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, I think right now, without a doubt, Winnipeg has the best O-line in CFL. And if they can stay injury-free, they're going to go a long way to helping this team get through if something were to happen to Nichols again with the knee, which seemed fine. There was one stretch in the third quarter where it was a TV timeout, and he was working the leg. He was moving it back and forth, and it looked like it was maybe tightening up. But I think that was more cramps than anything. There was a lot of timeouts for cramps. But I thought he played well. Um, the play calling was amazing. The two direct snaps to uh, Harris. Um, the almost uh, punt where Fogg let it drop in front of him and he made the mistake and it went into the end zone. If he throws that ball two yards back... That's a touchdown. But if he that throws it two yards play. back, it's, he, he threw it ten yards forward. I know, I know, but you know what I mean. He threw it way too far forward, yeah. But just the that inventiveness they're using. Just the inventiveness they're using. Well, here's, here's where I have a problem with that play, okay? He's in the end zone. He throws the ball to the ten-yard line, which is a forward pass and it's an illegal forward pass. We understand that. Why did the BC Lions decline the penalty? That's why I brought it up. They didn't want to give up the point. That's the only assumption. BC, they didn't get a point. They didn't get a point. They gave up the point. But but it wouldn't have been a point. It wouldn't have been a point. No, because that's the, what they're the saying. Past, the pass wouldn't have counted. No. Right? Wasn't he in the end zone when he threw it, though? Oh, no, it he still was in the end zone when he threw it. Okay. So if, if A, that should have been I, – I, st- I can't find the rule on this, but it should have been a safety. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I actually yeah, probably thought of that during been. the game. I thought okay, of that the, during the game and then – or, or it should have been um, uh, Winnipeg's ball on the five. The BC declined the penalty, did they not? BC declined the penalty, so that gave Winnipeg the ball on the twelve, where the pass went to. Yeah. Tell I me where the, that makes sense. I don't understand that. Why would you decline that penalty? At, at, that's at, why at, I wanted to talk about this. It's a weird hey, game. 
take the penalty, Bombers are on the five. Or it's a safety, and BC gets two points. Decline the yep. penalty, and the forward pass stands at the 12-yard line. I don't get it. I don't either. And you would think the eye in the sky would have tried to would have corrected that, would they not? Isn't that their job? No, it's not their job to, to correct stupidity. But it's to correct penalties. No, it's not. No? The penalty was called correctly. Mm-hmm. Eye in the but sky did not... Because BC declined the penalty, it, it, it you can't you reason. can't you can't fix stupid, okay? <laughs> so if, if BC had taken the penalty, then there would have been a discussion as to what actually happened. Was it a safety, <laughs> or is it take the ball at the five, or is is Winnipeg now kicking back to BC? You know what what's going on, right? But because BC mm-hmm. declined the penalty, the eye in the sky can't correct anything. No. You can't fix stupid. Uh, the Lions so can decline the penalty if they want. I don't know why they wanted to, but they, they, so they're prerogative. So that's Wally? Is that well, Wally? That's on Wally. The only thing that it could be against right now is one of the officials or the, the referee gave Wally the option and gave him the wrong option. I don't know. It's weird. I, I don't. I don't know. It made no sense to me why that penalty was declined. I would. I. I, it, I, I at the time, I went, "What the?" Because it made no sense. Why would you decline the penalty? And I know we're talking about it. I think it's the next segment, actually. Um, Jennings and is it time to change him? I don't. I won't get into that. But I will say, in the first quarter, if he could complete a pass, BC would have had two touchdowns. Oh, yeah. There was two receivers wide open. I mean, they were in full flight, and they were 10, 15 yards ahead of the D-back. And he overthrew them both times. And I think it just destroyed whatever confidence he had left. I think it, he just destroyed himself. Because after that, he, the only word I really, I'll use a big word for it, he was atrocious. He was yeah. horrible. They weren't even getting a huge rush in the second half. And they were getting sacks out of it because he was running in to the BCO line. He had no idea what to do. Yeah, it was a, so a deer in the headlights sort of thing. Yeah. And Harris had his usual game. He played very well. Why Lapalise did not run him in the second half? They didn't start running until five minutes left in the fourth quarter in the second half, which in that heat and humidity, you beat the crap out of the D-line, which really was not existent anyway. They did nothing in the first half. So why not run the ball down their throats and beat the hell out of them? Who cares how many points you're going to get because you're winning this game? Especially if you, BC had the ball longer than Winnipeg by I think it was thirty or forty seconds, and Winnipeg destroyed them. It's just if he was on in the first quarter or even close to being on, I think it would have been a completely different game. And Jennings Adam actually Dinkle, had a better completion ratio than than Nichols did, eh? Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Nichols did not That's have a good what I'm game. Saying. For all the 
angst, we'll say, going on on the Let's Talk BC Lions page, um, they're not that far off. They, I will get them more into it, who should start next segment, because everybody else has to go on this game yet. So, And the only other thing is Adam Big Hill. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you better send Ed Hervey a Christmas card. Yeah, I can't find it right now. I'm not near my phone right now, but there was a stat up. Somebody changed the stat on Wikipedia. Adam Big Hill was, I think, third in receiving for... Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I even chuckled at that. um, I (laughs) haven't heard the crowd explode over a defensive touchdown. A pick six in a lot like that in a long time. He's already ingrained into the uh, city. He's doing all kinds of volunteer stuff, and then he has a game like that. It's like Ed Hervey. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, hang hang on, you were so wrong. Oh, of course, yeah. Y- I'm, course I'm not going there, uh, but I, I I think you're wrong here. Okay. How long was that inter- that pick six? Fifty yards. Wasn't like fifty-five yards or something, wasn't it? Something. Yeah, what was the yeah. what was the second what was the second pick? The first pick actually. Twenty-five, thirty yards. That I'm okay, not, yeah, so, something like that. So, so that would yeah, give him about eighty yards, right? That would put him first. Not he was the number one receiver for Jonathan Jennings. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, because uh, Brian Burnham had 58 yards. Let me see if I can find the stat that he had. It's just, and on that pick six, I don't know if it showed up on TV, but he was right up on the line. And as Jennings snapped the ball, he turned around and started running straight backfield. He didn't even look. He turned around. Jennings had no idea he was there. Jennings thought for sure he was coming in on the blitz. And that's the problem with Jennings, is the reading. And that could come to age. But no, Jennings, it, Big Hill was just a monster again. Uh, oh, it doesn't, we'll be able to see doesn't, him. Doesn't, the two let it Yeah. Okay. I am undone with that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was fun. Okay. But well, I'm yeah. still not sold on our defense. Yeah. I don't I don't see a good, great defense out there yet this year. William. You know why I like this podcast? I, le- I learned so many things on this podcast. And tonight I learned something from Christopher Jones' wisdom. Whenever I cut my grass in my capris, the mosquitoes just eat my legs to pieces. So, I've just decided from now on, when I cut the grass wearing my capris, i got to wear long, knee-high white socks. And then the bugs won't eat my legs anymore. Thank you for, thank you for that, Christopher Jones. Anyway, we need no photographic problem, proof of that. No we need okay. photographic, anyway. photographic proof. No, you don't Anyways. want to see him in his caprice. <laughs> Trust me. Anyways, um, I, I I don't know if – well, we'll talk about that later, so I won't say that. But um, you know what? Winnipeg was just better. BC didn't look very good. That's pretty obvious. 
Um, the one play that stuck out in my mind, and it's a bomber's secret weapon, the the one-yard sneak by Chris Strebler, and he went around the end. That guy has jets for a big guy. And uh, he, I think he went for 25 yards mark or something like that. Yeah, it was third and like one that. or something like that. Yeah, yeah and yeah. he's fast. And that's a pretty cool weapon for them to have. It reminds me of it reminds me of the last play in the Ottawa Calgary Grey Cup game when they did the same thing with uh, <laughs> Calgary's backup quarterback when he tripped on his shoelaces. So <laughs> Chris Drevler, they would have won the Grey Cup with Chris Drevler. Okay, he would have been in the end zone 20 seconds before anybody knew it. So, anyways. Um, yeah, BC's got to improve, but I, I'm not counting BC out yet. I'm not, I'm not counting Jonathan Jennings out either because, uh, they did, they did bring him in an offensive line this year. Okay. And that was the big complaint last year. And he's just gotta, he's gotta settle down. It's that simple. He's got happy feet back there. Well, he's got to come back to where he was two years ago. And and sometimes too much information is too much information. And I don't think he's playing with, with a lot of instinct right now. And I don't know where that went sideways, but uh he's gotta he's gotta write that ship or he's gonna be in trouble. I mean I don't I don't see him being the starter for the rest of the year if he doesn't, so Well, I think he's already in trouble. Whether or not know, he can survive that. it. And in all yeah. honesty, that BC did not play that bad of a game. But there were just times where it was just like, What the fuck are you doing? And yeah. and it was it was it got ugly fast. I really thought that there was a chance that they were, you know, they were sticking around, it wasn't you know, it didn't look that bad, you know, it was and then all of a sudden Winnipeg went Boom! And I went in the second quarter, twenty-one points. And I went, "What yeah. the, what the?" And I go, "I can't watch this, man. It was terrible. It it, it hurt me." Now, now, who does that go on? Does it go on BC's offensive coordinator? Okay, that their offense is not that good. Somebody made a comment I mean, yesterday that his offense is really involved it's, it can be quite in depth so it might be too confusing or might be too, like Christopher said too much information yeah, maybe, it was, maybe they need to me. dumb it down that was me you know that, yeah oh was that you oh okay sorry yep that's weird to me because I thought in week one against Montreal it seemed very simple to me and I thought they were actually keeping it you know relatively simple, and I thought that it was being effective in week one against Montreal. Now, part of that was against, because it was against Montreal, but I thought that they were playing more to Jonathan Jennings' strength. They weren't trying to push the ball downfield too much. They were doing a lot of slant patterns, a lot of uh, guys coming across the middle, and they seemed to have a success. If you remember in that game, he only missed on three passes. Yep. Yeah. but and since then, they the haven't offense, used that offense. Been like this since then. They've been nope. very um, much more uh, downfield and much more adventurous, and it's not working. 
now, you, you, now, you have to stretch the field you, once in a while, but you, you don't have to do, do it all the time. They do it too much. You and know, that was the problem they had last year. Go ahead, Willie. Did Adam Big Hill? Did Adam Big Hill have such a big game because he knows BC, the BC Lions, inside and out? Yes. And he practiced against Jonathan Jennings for a whole year. Yes. And he probably knows his weaknesses and his strengths. And wow. you know, that makes a difference. Would Adam Big Hill Adam have had Big... the same game against Bo Levi Mitchell? Would probably BC not. have had the same game against Winnipeg if Biggie wasn't there? Those are the two questions that Probably you're asking, not. right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But it so should it, be it a whole a... different offense. It should be a whole different offense because they have a different offensive coordinator. So. Yeah, but, y- y- you know, you, you, you can't hide the Tiger's stripes. You know, Jonathan, Jonathan Jennings is Jonathan Jennings. Whether It doesn't matter who his OC is. Right? And, yeah, the play calling is going to be different. But that is... Adam Big Hill's ability to read an offense, and and, and that's why he it got he's him to the NFL. He's obviously he's obviously not a stupid guy, no doubt about it. Okay, yeah. I mean he, he knows what he's doing. I'm just thinking maybe if uh, Safari Jones was still there, Adam Big Hill would have had six interceptions. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going there, but yeah, yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. So, feed the cat, somebody. Yeah, okay. Okay, BC Lions, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Winnipeg took this one 41-19. Oh, Charles, Charles, did you get to go? I have not. Go. No, go for it. Go, please. Go for it. Yeah, please. I'm sorry. Pass. (laughs) You want to pass? I mean, uh, no, no, no. I mean, say I just don't care. Was that yeah? Um, to be honest, it was, it was just awful. I was in and out on this game. Like I said, I was watching part of it on my phone. I was out uh, out with the family yesterday, so I was watching some of it on my phone and so on. What I saw, I did not enjoy. Um, uh, there was a part of me, I guess, it was just a foolish part when they went from twenty-eight to three, and then it got up to twenty-eight to thirteen. I thought, okay, maybe they're battling back. Maybe something's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, that thought kind of disappeared pretty quickly, unfortunately. Um, there was not a lot. Okay, let me correct that. There was nothing good about that game last night. Um, I mean, heck, I'm the Lions fan here. And I'm the one that's not able to find silver linings in this because – be honest, I, I I don't know where to go with this. It was terrible, to be honest. Ty Long um, was good. Ty Long was good, and you know what? Chris, um, Chris Rainey was Jeremiah, good. Chris Rainey was good. Jeremiah Johnson wasn't bad. He had, uh, you know, he had all 80 yards and stuff like that, but they weren't running him a whole lot in the last part of the game because they were battling from behind. Um... That's about all I can say, to be honest, because there's not much else there. Uh, It was really uh, a disappointing game. We were talking last Wednesday and saying how the Lions and Bombers always have good competitive games, and typically they do, but this was not it at this point. This was not a competitive game. This was a blowout pretty much from the – well, 
maybe not. They were, it was relatively close through the first quarter. Once the uh, second quarter hit, the Bombers caught fire, and they were off to the races. And it was just uh, the Lions' defense looked foolish uh, at times. And here we were starting this saying last week, well, maybe uh, what's-his-face? Matt Nichols is going to have a rust. Well, that rust lasted maybe two or three series, and then he was lights out from there on in. So these two teams meet again Saturday at BC Place. So the Lions got some work in front of them, and they're going to have to figure out how to solve this mystery with Winnipeg because they really didn't uh, <laughs> It didn't uh, go very well last week. So we'll see uh, if they can make some adjustments. They're typically a better team at home, so we'll see if uh, maybe being back in front of the home crowd on their home turf um, maybe lights a spark under them. I'm grabbing at straws right now because I've got very little uh, optimism to go with after last, last night's game. Okay. Uh, just to reiterate kind of what you said there, um, we all picked a close game, whether we thought BC would win or whether we thought Winnipeg would win. The biggest point spread out of all five of us on the panel was Chris at four points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Four points. Will was out, had a point spread of one. Okay. CJ and Mark both picked the same score with two points spread. Charles had three. Chris had four at 32-28. We weren't even close to what happened Uh, last night. Okay. So, final score was Winnipeg 41, BC Lions 19. Chris, or CJ and Charles, we picked BC. Of course, we're homers. Uh, and we're thoroughly disappointed. Will, Mark, and Chris took Winnipeg. Chris picking the highest score for Winnipeg of 32-28, overestimating the Lions and underestimating the Bombers. But he was the closest one with 18 point spread. Mark, you're at 20. Will was 21. Chris wins two in a row. Wow. So we got no one in the first game. We got Mark in the second, and Chris wins the back two. And that is the wrap on week number four of the 2018 CFL season. So are you saying I won that one? No. No, Chris did. I'm saying you were the worst. Oh. At out of the Winnipeg people. Well, you said I had one point. No, I said you were 21 points off. Oh, okay. Your point spread was was 28-27 is what you you called the game. Winnipeg 28, Uh, BC 27. Okay. 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 Your points, your predicted point spread was one point. Okay. It was more than one. It was a lot more than one. Okay. Did I just throw the agenda away? No, I didn't. Okay. Here we are. I don't know. That was a deep sigh. I don't know why. CFL. What we're made of. This does not make me any less of a BC Lions fan. I am still behind my team. 
they probably want me in front of the team, but that's beside the point. Okay. Struggles for Jonathan Jennings continue as the Lions fell to the Bombers with Travis Lule not yet ready to start. Should Wally give Cody Fajardo a shot behind center, or is Jennings still the Lions' best option? Uh, Well, whether or not Travis Lule is ready to perform at a competitive level, you have to question whether or not it makes any sense to go to him. Uh, Cody Fajardo, why do we think that this is going to be a better solution than Jonathan Jennings? Somebody's got to get into his head or get out of his head. And if that happens, then Jennings is, could be, we, we've seen him be an amazing quarterback. How do we get that amazing quarterback back is what the million-dollar question is right now. And Travis Lule is not the answer. We have not seen him complete a, se- a season in, in, in the last five or six. So why do we expect to bring him in now and, and, and go, whoa, he's going to drag us to the promised land? No, I, you know what? I love Travis Lule to bits, but no. No, he's not the answer. And let's go to a raw rookie. I mean, you know, it, I saw a post that said that Ed Hervey should be trying to uh, acquire Manziel from Hamilton. Oh, God, here we go again. I go, seriously? Seriously? Come on. Give your head a shake. This guy's he's only witnessed three CFL games in his life, never mind competed in any. No, no. And Jennings is our best option. Always will be, or will be for this season anyhow, uh, until we get somebody else. Does that mean that we shouldn't be giving Cody Fajardo some playing time? Oh, hell yeah. Please give him some playing time. Let's, let's get him some life under fire. I, if, it, if the, the game's going to go bad like this, if it's heading south, then get him in there. Should we, he, he start a football game? No, not yet. It's not yet. You can't. How how successful can you be starting a quarterback that's never that, that is a raw rookie? I mean, Winnipeg just did it with Chris Strebler, and they fluked something out and still weren't that great. So, yes, I know he got he's got six touchdowns and or throwing touchdowns and three running touchdowns, and he's the number one scoring machine in the CFL right now. Okay. I'm done with this. Charles, talk to me. Well, I'm going to differ a little bit here because we just got beaten 41 to 19. We got beaten 38-22 last week. Jonathan Jennings has not thrown for over 200 yards in any of his three starts. So, I don't have a problem if they want to try and go to Cody Fajardo just to start the next team. If he's not doing well, you very easily can put Jonathan Jennings back in. But they got to try something because it's only three games into the season. So this season is by no means lost. But they cannot keep trending the way they're trending. They're trending downward, and they're trending downward quickly. Maybe a new face, maybe a new style uh, sparks the offense somewhat. I don't know, but I, I don't think at this point you don't try – 
try something for the sake of trying it because Jonathan Jennings right now it's between his ears I think more than anything else I think his confidence is rattled maybe it'd be good for him to at least he's, watch some of a game from the from the sidelines you got to work through something like that you know do you not you do but I don't I mean, know it's really tough because it's it's hard because he's not the more and more he struggles the worse and worse it gets you know, I, I'd be a hypocrite if I took the same position that you just did because I am the one that says that a team, the quarterback doesn't win the game, right? The team, it's all about the team. It's all about the team. Right. And when, it, it has to be the same when it's a loss. The defense didn't step up. The offense didn't step up. The, you know, it, was the O-line protecting him the way that he was? No, they weren't. Are they better than last year? Probably. But this team needs to come together as itself. And until that happens, you cannot lay all of this blame on on Jonathan Jennings. Everybody wants to say it's Jonathan Jennings hasn't thrown for over 200 yards. Well, there's a lot of drop passes. Yes, there's some overthrows. And there's a lot of rushes. And there's four quarterback sacks in that last game. Okay, four. Matt Nichols said he didn't get touched the entire game. So where's our D-line? Okay, where's the team? It's not, it's not let's blame one quarterback. Let's not blame one player. Let's blame a team, okay? When the other quarterback doesn't get touched, your front seven's not doing its job. This team needs to come together. They need to find some heart. They, as we said in the off air before the show started, this, this, they need to find the pride in the pride. And, and, and when they do that, if they can do that, Jonathan Jennings will come to play football. Because I can't blame it all on him if I take away from the quarterback who does all the winning. It's the team. And right now, the t- this, 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 they're not acting like one. That's my opinion, and I'm sorry. Sorry. No, mm-hmm. no. no. I, 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 I jumped all I over your segment. You... Sorry, Charles. No, that's okay. I see what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. and In theory, I, I don't disagree with you. And But at the same time, I'm still uh, thinking that this offense, they need a spark of some sort. And I'm not saying that Cody Fajardo is going to come in and spark everybody, and it's going to be... Uh, you know, um, Travis you know, could. Everything's going to be. It's, it's not like that. I don't believe that. But at the same time, it's a different look. It's a different something different. They're trying something. Uh, it's not like they're sitting there and just spinning their tires because. And I'm not. And by the way, I am not blaming Jonathan Jennings like some people did. This is not all his fault. Anyone who's trying to claim that, Jonathan Jennings doesn't give up 41 points. I'm sorry. The defense does that. And people say, "Oh, well, they're on the um, they're on the field too much." Well, you know what? That's an excuse. That's uh, they're professional athletes. They're paid to play when they need to be played, whether they're on the field or too not. And sure, are they on the field too much? Probably. But you know what? When you're out there, you've got to get your job done, regardless. That's what you're getting paid to do. So that's a little yeah. bit of a cop out to say they're on the field too much. But at the same time. I just think it just gives them a different look. And like I said, if it's not working, 
you can go back to Jennings, and Jennings at that point has some time to stand on the sidelines and see what the defense is doing. He can maybe figure some stuff out there, standing there with Jarius Jackson, and figure it out from there. I don't know. I think it's worth a try. Maybe it doesn't work, but why not give it a shot? At this I point? think that's what the film room is for this week. Well, yeah, no kidding. Okay. And I I don't think putting Cody Fajardo in for this coming week is going to make a any diff, a, a, any significant improvement. Yeah, maybe I it think won't. You have to put Jennings into the film room and say, look at this defense, watch this defense, what the hell's going on? And you should know what the hell Adam Big Hill's going to do. He's got. You're right. It's it's between his ears. Hmm. And, and I think it got could it. be somewhat advantageous that they're playing the same team they just played because they've got the fresh film, like you said, and they can go back and look at the film and then kind of see where to go from there. So that could be advantageous. I just, But you know, of course, they're going to make some changes as well. So. Well, they have to. And, and, and the changes aren't Jonathan Jennings. The changes are going to be on the corners. They have to yep. do something about the corners. That they're atrocious. Yeah, he's really good at knocking down drunk streakers. But Marcel Young sure the hell can't cover anybody. No. So, I, I don't know. Mark. You wanted to talk about start, this. I would start Jennings but I would keep him on a very short leash. Uh, basically, I would give him a half. And if he's even only playing, say, mediocre, that's still a step up from last week. Um, it's not a statement game of any type, but they have to, both sides of the ball have to come out and show some heart, show some fire. But give him a half. If it isn't working, then you throw in Fiardo. He does have some CFL experience. He played with Toronto. I think he's played with two or three teams. I think he might have actually been here for a while, too. Um, see what he can do. No, he's not as good as Jonathan Jennings. I'm not even talking about putting Lule in. Let's say he's 85%. Lule at 100% is one quarterback sack away from being out for the season. Mm-hmm. He can't take the hits. He needs to be a backup. He cannot start. Possibly put him in for a drive or two, but we've seen what happens when it becomes his team. You just can't. You can't rely on it. So Fiardo isn't your best bet, but he's certainly the best second bet you have if Jennings stinks again in the first half. I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah, the defense has to play better. We didn't hear Odell Willis's one his name once. I don't even know if he had a tackle. So, yeah, they have to improve. But this is on Jennings. To, he's got to get his confidence back. He gets his confidence back. BC's not out of the playoffs by any means. Odell Wills got one tackle. Yeah. The mayor, one tackle. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, Solly only got five. I know we have a great O-line, but one tackle, it's, they have to improve. But this is on Jennings and the offense. But it also does make me wonder if the year he had, how many yards was it that one year? Oh, 5,000, some odd. 5,000? Okay. Was that the receiver's? making him look good and catching everything thrown at him? I don't think not so now. because he was making some good throws, a lot more yeah, accurate. Oh, no, I agree. But he had to get him at least close to the receiver for them to catch it. Right. He's yeah. not doing that right but now. I'm just wondering if part of it is the receivers. You know, it's it just something had to happen that he has zero confidence right now and seems to have lost his abilities. He's a better quarterback than that. But still, I only give him one half. See if he can get his confidence back. See if there's any improvement. If not, you have to go to Fiorito. You have to. Maybe sitting, like Charles said, standing on the sidelines will help. That's it. We've always said that putting in a young quarterback too soon destroys his career. May have done it. William, what do you want to do at quarterback for um, the Easy Lions? What would you do? Yeah, I don't I don't want to put Cody Fajardo in because, let's face it, he was in Toronto for two years. And uh, this offseason, along came James Franklin. But Toronto brought in another quarterback. Why didn't they keep Fajardo? And I consider Tressman a quarterback guy. And I don't think Fajardo's got it, so I wouldn't even consider putting Fajardo in. You wait, you you stick with Jonathan Jennings right down, let him work out his issues, and if he doesn't work out his issues, when Travis Lule is ready, you stick Travis Lule in there. And I don't care if he's one hit away from ending his career. You know what? He's still, in my mind, the best quarterback BC has. And I still think he's a good he is a good quarterback. So that's what I think you have to do. You have to you have to suck it up for a while. Maybe Jonathan Jennings comes true. Okay, you know what? If Jonathan Jennings is a is a is a professional athlete, next week he has a he has a a pushback game. Let's see what he can do next week. I I really I really think that guy is just thinking too much. And he's not He's not playing like he played two years ago when, you know, he had no pressure on him. He just did his thing. I mean, you remember those first five games he played in the CFL when Travis Lilly got hurt? I mean, he was just doing his thing. Okay? And like I said, too much knowledge can can hurt guys. You, You keep it basic. You keep it simple. You let him use his athletic ability because he's got a lot of ability. There's no doubt about it. Okay, and and you just let them ride it out. It's pretty simple if they're willing to do that. But I don't think there's anybody on that team, other than Travis Boulay, who could make a difference as far as as far as who you put in if you're going to pull Jonathan Jennings. It's not Cody Fajardo. Sorry, it's not him. It's not him. I agree that, and and I agree 100 no. percent on what you said. Here's the problem with what you've said, though: is giving allow him to do what he does best, which is is hey, he moves the pocket, he runs with his legs, he makes plays, right? 
How many times did last night did he go read one, read two, nothing there, go to run, and he can't because the pocket is completely collapsed around him. The O-line isn't protecting him. They're not keeping Winnipeg out of the backfield. He, he was running into his own O-lineman because he had, there was nowhere else for him to go. I, I was looking at this. I watched like three plays in a row, and I just went, really? Come on, guys. This, this, this experiment with Canadian O-linemen is not working. God, I missed Rob Murphy. I agree with you. It's, John, it's Jennings until the end. And if Travis can play football, you know what? I don't care if he's one hit away from playing foot, from a wheelchair. It's his choice to be on the field. It's his choice to put strap on the pads. And he's a warrior. And he will go out there and he will lay it on the line. Because that's who Travis Lule is. And if Travis Lule is a healthy Travis Lule, I put him in the top three in this league in quarterbacks. Greatly improves BC's ability. Just don't know if he's that healthy. Okay. Move on. We're running out of time and we're barely done anything. On a key play in the Argo-Edmonton game, Derek Walker slipped. Darrell. 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 Darrell Walker slipped, allowing the Argos interception where Walker fell was at the point where the turf meets the grass in the end zone. Many players and fans have complained about the current setup at the Argo Stadium. It is time for the league to step in and put a stop to this before a serious injury occurs. Okay, now for everybody who doesn't know what's going on here, BMO Field was created uh, by the City of Toronto as a multi-use stadium. Unfortunately, the Toronto Argonauts didn't jump on the bandwagon at that point in time because they were still in that atrocity Rogers Center. Um, but so they put in real grass in there so that the, um, the 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 soccer team, whatever those idiots are in Toronto, Toronto could play FC. soccer. Okay, so when they expanded BMO Field, which they should never have had to expand, it should have been set up for football originally because it was supposed to, it was mandated to. Um, I'm off track. They actually have to move the stands back out of the way, out of the end zones, so that they could make the field big enough to play CFL football. By doing that, the the natural grass that is everywhere in the stadium cannot grow when it's underneath a bunch of seats. So the end zones are artificial turf, where the playing field is grass. Now, for them to correct this and put real grass everywhere, they would actually have to move, adjust the entire field so that one end zone is not underneath the stands, and they would have to remove the seats at the other end permanently so that they could move the entire field of play to one direction so that they could have real grass in both end zones. Or they could just rip up the fucking grass and put in artificial turf like most all stadiums have. Uh, Why these prissy little soccer bitches need to have real grass, I have no idea. But, uh, and you know, they say, well, you know, it's going to affect the quality of the game. Well, I don't know if you guys know anything about MLS soccer, but you could play on a cow patty 
pasture, and you'd have the, it wouldn't affect the quality of play of this soccer games. Uh, so you know that's my soccer bitch for the night. You got to fix this stand, this this turf. You cannot have different type of thing. I mean, it's just like I, I love Matt uh, Matt Dunnigan's example. Did you you guys catch this at halftime of the BC Lions game? He was talking about um, oh geez, I don't even re- remember the two scenarios, but it was like uh, uh, playing basketball on on hardwood floor, but uh, underneath the baskets was a ceramic tile. Right. I mean, you, you just don't do it. You can't do it. So playing baseball and, and you know, that the outfield is on asphalt. Uh, no, you can't do it. This is stupid. I, I don't Whoever thought this up was, is an idiot. And, uh, you know, kudos to the groundskeepers at BMO field for keeping it up as best they can. But in reality, somebody's going to get hurt. You don't have the right, you can't change your footwear on every play. Okay, I'm gonna. I know I'm only gonna be running on natural ga- grass, so I got these certain cleats. But oh, I'm gonna go onto turf, so I need these other cleats. You can't do this. It, it's it's dumb. And the league needs to step in. The players' association needs to step in. Somebody needs to step in and smack these soccer bitches around. There's my rant on the subject, William. What's your rant? Did I cover it all? Um, yeah, you pretty much did. I mean, it's kind of silly that they have it set up this way. I mean, it's really silly. And the only time it will change is if there's a serious injury. And I hope that never happens unless it's a soccer player. Um, uh, they, don't, yeah. they don't play on the artificial turf anywhere. Oh, okay. Um, I forgot the net there, right? I, that's how much I know about soccer. Well, this, um, this whole thing is all about them. Yes, I know. And that's the way it's going in the world. I, uh, at the last uh, Calgary home game, I cut, after the Stampeders score a touchdown, they throw mini footballs into the stands. And I uh, caught one in the, at the last game. And I gave it to my grandson, and he looked at me, and he said, what is this, Grandpa? I said, it's a football. He said, no, 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 this is a football, and he pulled out a soccer ball. So what happens when you have a Chilean mother. Anyway, so then I educated him on football, so she didn't like that very much, but hey, there you go. But yeah, I, as far as this goes, it's too bad, and I don't care, but someone is going to get injured, because that, that, it's like ice. I mean, that's how badly I've seen guys slip on that stuff. It's like ice. So they got to fix it. I'm surprised that I'm surprised that the CFLPA doesn't go after somebody over this thing. Yeah. So that's about it. Okay. Charles. Yeah, it's this is awful. They should not have uh, two different surfaces. It's dangerous. Someone is going to get hurt. Uh, one way Not or yet, another. It's when. I mean, yeah, it, exactly. And we uh, we saw what happened to um, Darrell Walker on uh, on Saturday. Sorry, stupid spell checks. They called him Derek. Um, 
But we saw what happened to Darrell Walker on Saturday. Now, he fortunately wasn't hurt. But the time is coming because he's not the first guy I've seen slip and fall at that point. It's happened before. Now, thankfully, there hasn't been a serious injury to this point. But the, every with every, each and every passing game, it's going to happen to some point. So they've got to do something about it. It's not safe. And you're going to get the Toronto FC people whining and complaining and blah, 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 blah. They like to do. They whine and complain about everything. But you know what? It's a safety issue. Are they sitting there saying, oh, well, these people uh, should get hurt? I mean, they got to figure something out. It's it's unsafe. You can't have guys running from one surface to another. They're two totally different surfaces. That's just the... It's like running on concrete. It's when you walk on concrete and then you slip on the ice. If it's cold out, it's two different services. You're not ready for it. You're paying attention to the game. It's just a, it's a dumb, it's a dumb thing to do, and something's got to be done to um, to fix it because it's a disaster waiting to happen and a, probably a lawsuit if anyone gets a career-ending injury on something like that. Yeah. Mark, what do you got to add? Um, I think it is up to the CFLPA at this point. Yeah, there was no thinking ahead at all when they built the thing. But the CFLPA needs to raise this as an issue, and they possibly are. The CBA is up at the end of the year. So this could be something on the agenda that they can get a win out of because Randy Ambrose is all about safety for the players. Well, there's no safety on that stuff. That'd be like playing at Olympic Stadium on that field. So it's got. if they want to talk safety, it has to be changed, and it's probably going to be in the, C- in the new CBA. Now, whether that means the CFL is going to help <laughs> TFC or whoever owns them pay for it, which they better not. But it has to be changed. The problem is, is losing the seats. They're going to have to put them somewhere. Well, they've got the top section. They've got the top section taken out. But how many seats is it going to lose? I don't think if they take out one of the end zones. Yeah. For the TFC or for the. For the Argos. For the for the Argos. Well, they're not going to lose anything. No. Would TFC lose? Yes, TFC will lose a, a set of stands in, in one end zone. So they're going to have to put them somewhere else, and I don't. They open it up for the TFC. It's only for the Argos that it's closed. I'm aware. Yeah. But they're still so, not. They're they're not selling out the stadium. No. The, the, the biggest problem, the, the biggest problem is there are people who have season tickets that are at the at the center yard line, okay. And if they did this, if they to, to keep natural grass, they would have to move the field, and instead of being at the fifty, they'd be at the thirty. Oh, and okay. so that so then everybody's seats are, are are out by a cup, you know, by twenty yards. Yeah. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Because a CFL field and a soccer field are pretty much identical in size, 
except for the net is the end of the field, right? We have an end zone. So the two end zones are, one of them is underneath the, the seats at, at, at one end, at, and then the other end is, is retractable. It goes in and out, or they both do that or something like this. But the, to keep the, 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 the seats on one end, you would have to move the, the, the playing field for soccer, And uh, okay. I don't know. Because yeah. the grass doesn't it, grow on I figure seeds. it's going to be in the CBA, though. There'll be talks in there. There has to be. Something has to but give. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. We can okay. move on. We got 12, 12 minutes. Let's move on. We got a couple of three more things. Uh, article by Three Down Nation shows that the winning percentage of teams that lose their starting quarterback drops by 25%. My answer to this was. Duh. <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. That's amazing. Isn't this article saying something that would be common that. sense? Okay, come on. Seriously? If a team loses its starting quarterback and it can play 500 football, it's a miracle. No kidding. Okay. That's all I got to say. I thought uh, their winning uh, percentage would skyrocket. Jeez. Yeah. Who, Stupid. Do we expect anything different from Three Down Nation? No. Is it actually written by somebody, or is it written by the staff? I don't know. I I didn't even look at it. Uh, no. I'm just. I'm just I, I don't. Pull it I up honestly. Here. Let me see. I honestly don't think there's any anything that we can add or should add to this comment. It's just like, why would you waste your yep. time writing this article? This is, hey, okay. what do you know? Three down staff. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants their name attached to that one. No, I guess not. Moving on. I'd just like to tell you that, uh, Charles, that um, Tyrese Bear plays for the Ottawa yeah. Red Blacks. Uh, I can't blame this on spell. Uh, yeah, okay. Nope. My mistake. You can't. No. He used to play for Montreal. He did. He did. Uh, he okay. did. Kyrie Bear, who, who is currently serving a one-game suspension for dangerous hit, says it hurts his feeling when people refer to him as a dirty player. Does anyone care what his feelings are? And calling him a dirty player justified. Okay, this is his third offense of a dangerous hit and just because you change teams doesn't wipe the slate clean i think that it is time for this man just to retire from our game i don't like dirty players and i don't care if he doesn't like being called that i didn't like angelo mosca mosco i didn't like rob murphy when he was being an ass or jason jimenez i I do like what they brought to the field, but I don't like their play in which they, in, in how they performed. So no, no, I don't care if his feelings are hurt. I couldn't give a shit if his feelings are hurt. If you don't want to be called a dirty player, don't play dirty. It solves the problem. William, you got anything to add to Kyrie bear? It's a whiny little bitch. Move on. <laughs> Okay, no, hang I, on, I, hang 
If you're I a dirty do player, it. I you're a dirty it. player. I don't care. <laughs> I got it. But when you were you when you were introducing this, Christopher, you did you made a gafu, but it was perfect. You said hurt his feelings. And I believe a guy who plays like that only has one feeling. Okay? Hurt his feeling. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I don't care. I don't care what he thinks. I really don't. It's stop hurting people. The 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 proof the proof is in the pudding, okay? The proof yeah. is in the pudding. You know, if you're going to be an awesome player, I'm going to call you an awesome player. You're going to be a dirty player, I'm going to call you a dirty player. You don't like the handle, don't be like that. And and you know what the scariest thing is? The scariest thing is is Tyrese Hebert is a good player. He's a great player. Those three and those three infractions just like that's all I'm going to remember from that guy. Okay. Yeah, or, you but it's just guys those careers, three. No, I know it's, there's lots it's more. It's not but. those three. He, it's one a game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's just been suspended three times. But 85% of his play is above the board and awesome. Okay? He is an exceptional defensive player. Why does he step over the line? Every once in a while, just steps over the line and does something stupid, and, 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 and it hurts somebody. Mm-hmm. And the league is finally calling him to task on that. And you're going to get called a dirty player if one play out of every game you play is dirty. Well, it, it, it hurtful. It's yeah. I don't. I can't use the word. I can't find the word that I want. But you know what I mean. It, you're you're ending players' careers. I don't know. Mark, anything in here? Um, the only comment really I'll say is what you said. Bye bye. Just go away. Just go away. It's time for you Just to go. retire. Just go. What is he? Thirty seven years career. old? Yeah, he's had a good career. Take away these three idiotic plays. He's had a great career. Guess what? Those three idiotic plays could have ended well, they ended one career and could have ended two others. Goodbye. You're out. Don't want to talk about you anymore. That's it. Yeah, he, he's he's going on 38 years old. I mean, he's got wheels to be playing this game competitively in his position at 38 years old. Oh, he's a great okay? player. Can't take it away from him. Nope. But, you know, Jesus, it's time to say goodnight. Charles, you want to bitch about Kyrie's or? I'm going to take a page out of Will's uh, book and say, I'm sorry, I don't care if your feelings are hurt. Uh, You're the one that threw the cheap shot. Uh, Ask John Cornish if he thinks you're a dirty player. See what kind of answer you get. I don't think the hit on John Cornish was dirty. Okay? No, I I I've gone back and I've said this. And I, I, I seem to be in the uh, minority on that, but I, I think that was a good football play. Unfortunately, it, 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 it hit him the wrong way, and John Cornish got hurt and permanently Ooh. hurt and, and, and probably ended a good chunk of his career or at least shortened his career. But it wasn't a yeah. dirty hit. Even John Cornish says it wasn't a dirty hit. So 
Yeah. Okay, well, fair enough. But still, you've been suspended multiple times for throwing bad hits. You get flagged on a consistent basis. I'm sorry, you're a dirty player, and if that hurts your feelings, too bad. Don't throw bad hits. He's got talent, but he goes over the line far too often. So I don't care if his feelings are hurt. A dirty hit's a dirty hit, and if you don't like it, don't throw the hit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to do this one right now because I can. This is the three-minute warning. Oh, geez, I better pay attention. Okay, the Edmonton Eskimos uh, say they now that they have... They went off and consulted the Inuit community. They went up into the Northwest Territories and they met with several different uh, bands, shall we call them, because I just know the natives down here, so I don't know what they really call themselves up in the Inuits. I've never done the homework on it. Uh, but they, they held a lot of meetings with top-level Inuit people, and everybody up there was proud of the name Eskimos, that the Edmonton Eskimos should not change their name. There was nobody that came out and said that they should and the management and uh, staff have come back and said they have no plans to change their name now or in the future. It's, this discussion is now over. Can we put this issue to bed, or are we going to keep coming up with these left liberal idiots that think this name is offensive? And yet, who's it offensive to? None of the Inuit people. I don't know. I this is this is a this is a dumb article, and and it, and not because it's a dumb article, but it's a subject that just won't go away. Washington Redskins, Cleveland Indians, Atlanta Braves, Edmonton Eskimos. What's the problem? I think the Toronto Argonauts are 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 kind of like derogatory towards. Uh, Greek sailors or something, isn't it? I don't know. Who are the Argonauts? Who cares? Okay, I'm over with this one. Okay, um, anybody want to say anything before I push some buttons and wrap up the show? Good. Uh, I think in the next, I think in the next PBA they should, uh, they should make the CFL non-gender specific too. (laughs) Oh, shut up. You can catch the Let's Talk Kids Out podcast wherever you are on our host blog, Talk Radio Live. And podcast You can also find us on Podbean, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio app, and iTunes. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 261, gender specific. Uh, Jesus, Will, why did you have to do something like that? <sighs> I've been your host, Christopher Jones. I like to cause cause shit. You do, you do, you do. I've been your host, Christopher Uh, Jones, and thank you for uh, listening and tuning in to Let's Talk CFL. Uh, It's up to the panel to say good night. Charles, take it away. Uh, Good night, folks. Thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you on Wednesday night as we preview the upcoming week. Mark? Good night, everybody. Have a good week. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Yeah. And William, do it for me, my friend. Good night, every- good night, everybody. Go out. Take care of the missus. <laughs>
right away. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.